Revival Podcast. If you haven't listened to our previous podcast, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Because I know you have time. I know you ain't doing nothing. But anyway, I regret. Why is it called Revival Podcast? Basically, we're trying to revive our Christian faith or we're trying to revive our interest in our faith. Because, do you know what, like, especially the new generation, everyone's just like, you know, faith or Christianity is for old people or like, they're like, they're not into it in the sense that they're not going, dwelling deeper into that. So this podcast is meant to save someone from listening to it, is it? No, the podcast is meant to revive their, in the sense that revive this generation in a way that they get interest in their faith again or they want to know more. Cool. Spark some conversation, essentially. Yeah, cool. pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, um, Rahul is here. Dennis, Dennis is, is there. Here. I like the way you said Rahul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and we are missing Jennifer because she is busy. She's she's a very busy person. So we have someone else instead. So we have me, the special awaited guest. <laughs> and I go by the name Meffin. <laughs> What's up, Meffin? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on the show. No. Always. Always. No, no, yeah, I'm a fourth year student. Yeah, you probably know me. I don't really introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> no, go on, introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm a fourth year. I'm just a medic here in uh, Medical University of Varna. Where are you from in the UK? I'm from Croydon in the UK. That's South London, for those of you that don't know. Three is a proper It London. is part of London. People <laughs> tell me that Croydon is not part of London, but it's actually part of London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm also from Rani in India, just to put it out there. <laughs> Hyping up Rani, okay. So, all right, today's topic. Today's topic is a bit of an interesting one, and it's very heavy, so... So you, I'm yeah. taking, you know, Munkur Jaminan already You don't understand it completely either, yeah, don't we, worry. We can, yeah, we can try and give you a surface level basic elevator science, essentially. Someone you, you can, you know, I'll give you an introduction to it. And if you guys want to search up more on it, please do, because you will need to, to understand it properly. Okay, so today we're going to try and tackle St. Thomas Aquinas' proofs. He has five proofs for the existence of God. So, let's might as well get right into it. Let's go. First, first of all, the first one, argument from motion. Wait, before you start with that, who yeah. is St. Thomas Aquinas? Yeah, because oh, I just, know. I'm kind of lost. That's true. St. Thomas Aquinas. Okay, so, he was a 13th century philosopher yeah. who wrote this book called the Summa Theologica. Mm. You know, is, you know, I think he wrote a lot of books. Too. He wrote a lot of books, yeah. but yeah. this was the book that hyped him up in the sense that got him to the status of like big man, like big man leagues kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So... The, he wrote a book called the Summa Theologica, which is considered one of the most important pieces of Western literature mm. because it contains his five proofs for the existence of God. Yeah. So these are like philosophical proofs yeah. and uh, psychologists and philosophy people and theologians still can get their head around it. Mm. There's so much debate about it, but it makes sense when you actually think about it. Yeah. So let's go into it. All right. And I know that he died at the age of 55. Yes. He did. Just a fun fact. <laughs> he did have a beer belly, for those who are wondering. Yes. Beer belly? Yeah, basically, in college, um, when he had a table, his own table, yeah, mm-hmm. he had to, uh, they had to, like, cut it out. Like, they had to cut the table out of the circus. Because so he could see. Yeah, so he could fit his belly. Wow. Right? Hey, man. Jesus Christ. You don't need a six-pack to be smart. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's go. All right, the first one, argument from motion. That's, that's a confusing one, because our senses tell us that things are in motion. And this is not necessarily just things moving from one point to another point. Mm-hmm. This could be things that are transforming, changing color, changing shape, molecular structure changes. One of the best examples would be entropy. Everything is being degraded as time goes on. Yeah. 
And that's what motion essentially is. Now, there are two types of motion, potential motion and actual motion. Actual motion is what is happening right now. Potential motion is what could be. So, for example, me, I'm actually sitting down, mm -hmm. but I could potentially be standing up. I could potentially, I mean, I could actually be talking, but I could potentially shut up. <laughs> kind okay, of <it>. yeah. It's <laughs> a central <laughs> thing. Now, for something to go from a potential something to an actual something can only be caused by something that is already actual. If that makes any sense whatsoever. So, that, so for something to be set in motion or be yeah. put in motion, something has to... So you go walk before you run, basically. Exactly. That thing already Simply has put. to be in motion. Someone has to be pushing that motion. Exactly. Right. Motion can only okay. be caused by other motion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is, essentially is. Okay. That makes now, sense. Tom Sequin is one of those key like things that he pushed was he did not believe in the fact that there could be something known as infinite regression. Mm -hmm. something that goes back into infinity, something causing motion, that caused it to be motion, sure. that caused yeah, motion, yeah. so on and so on. That, for Thomas Aquinas, could not exist. Because logically, if you think about it, that means that... Everything nothing, has to start from something, right? Exactly. That means yeah. that nothing could exist. So, if it had to start from somewhere, if there was an actual motion, something that caused motion in itself, what is the best explanation for that? There's a mover. The unmoved mover. mover. So that's God, is it? Is that what we're trying to say? Exactly. That's what he's trying to say. That's what Thomas Aquinas is trying to say. Mm -hmm. God, the unmoved mover. mover. That actually makes sense now. Yeah. Because we need something to set us. But then obviously science is a big thing in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Where they say, what is it? They say that everything just happened because of what? Two electrons mm -hmm. or two atoms colliding, colliding yeah. into each other. Mm. So but then how exactly does that go with God being in the picture? How did those two electrons collide? Something right. has to set it in motion. Yeah. So obviously for the two electrons to collide, unless you're trying to say that God was physically there doing boom, boom like yeah. that. Hence science and faith. Yeah. That's, that's what... Complementing each other. Perfectly. That's, that's the question that everyone has on their mind, you see. Yeah. That's no, the problem makes, that modern society faces. It makes sense 100% because it is confusing. Science says... The world was created because two particles collided. I don't but, believe it, to be fair. But anyway, <laughs> and how did those particles collide? There yeah. has to be something to set it in motion, like that proof of... Yo, like says. Dennis said, for that particle to move, it has to have some sort of kinetic energy, right? Yeah. Someone has to give it a push. A little... Yeah, yeah. a little nudge, basically. Yeah. So when we think about it like that, that little nudge can come from... God. Exactly. That thing could not have been caused to move by something by that couldn't move. Moved, yeah. yeah. So, okay, who's so those, the first two electrons, you're saying the first two electrons Makes sense. had to have some sort of energy because there was no other electrons before that, mm -hmm. before the yeah. collision happened. Hence, the unmoved mover. Hmm. Oh, coming into electrons. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, that makes sense though. No, I understood it. Yeah, I, Yeah, that's, that's right. actually perfect. Yeah. That's the first one. Now, before we continue, I think we forgot to say the starting prayer. Yeah, we did, didn't yeah. we? That's right. We can Something do new to the show. Yeah. Mm. Right. Well, pray. All right, um, so uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we offer up the next few minutes into your hands. We offer up everything we're going to talk about, everything, any questions we come up with and anything that um, we talk here. Let it be what you want us to say or what you want the listeners to hear, Lord Jesus. Um, be with us and guide us in the next few minutes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, sorry about that. Uh, anyways, let's go.
Second one. <laughs> Did you apologize for a friend? <laughs> no. I apologize for interrupting the podcast. No, we should have done it for the start. Yeah, we should have. Anyway, so the second proof, it's called the efficient cause, is it? Or, yes, yeah. the causes one. It says that we perceive things are caused. The people listening to this podcast or watching this video, think back. What caused you to be here at this exact moment? If you think back, you can go pretty quite far back. That kind of suggests that everything that happens has a cause. Something causes that something to happen. Isn't that what Newton said? Every go. force has a equal and opposite reaction. reaction. So there must be a cause. Hmm. Yeah. Nothing that exists is a cause of itself. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Nothing said, I want to exist. No, I exist. Yeah. That can't happen. Something must have caused that thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you go back, and again, Thomas Aquinas is saying this can't go back forever. You right. can't yeah. say there can be infinite makers. Exactly. It can't just keep, something can't keep causing, something can't keep causing, something. Because then it will never happen in Nothing. the first place. Exactly. Nothing yeah. could happen. So that so, means that God. there is God, the it? first mover or the... The uncaused, uncaused cause yeah. kind of thing. Very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> uncaused cause. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But that's essentially what the argument for efficient And we're calling is. that first maker or that uncaused causer. Yeah. God. Mostly, it's the easiest name for it. God. Mm-hmm. The one who started it all. Makes sense. Okay. Uncaused cause. That one was not too bad, actually. I was worried about that one. <laughs> but what would you tell people who says, who created the uncaused causer, i.e. who created God? How did he come about? <laughs> that's, a lot of, that's something that a lot of people would ask you. Hmm. But the very fact I'm sure the listeners here now are thinking, maybe they're thinking, hopefully they're not thinking, but <laughs> but what if they think who actually formed God? According to Christian theology, God mm-hmm. was not cause. He is. He is the cause of everything. Kind of thing. He yeah. always was, always He's always is, there. And yeah. always Even before is. space and everything, he exactly. was the space, he was the universe, he was Transcends pretty much everything. time and space. Yeah. If he transcends time and space, he does not have a beginning and he does, does not, not have an end. end yeah. Kind of thing. Hence why he calls himself Alpha and Omega, right? Yeah, I'm the beginning and the end. Yeah, just chopping it up for you guys. <laughs> and then we have the third one. Third one might be a hit on the ego of some people, but it's uh, the argument from possibility and necessity. I can kind of boil it down to one question. Why is there something rather than nothing? Hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a, why time? is there something rather, rather than, nothing? than nothing? So you're saying, why are we here? Why are we here? Why is the table here? Whatever, I don't know. Exactly. Why did this have to exist? Why did this cup have to exist? Because someone obviously thought that you need a cup in order to keep the water contained in a... To to drink. Yeah, otherwise it's not like the water's flowing and you physically can't drink it, right? No. Say this cup didn't exist. You'd use your hands. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) If this cup didn't exist, the world would still go around the sun, the universe would continue to expand, and time we'll still, still be continue. running in the safari desert. We'll call it like three leaves around us. <laughs> things would be different. Things, things would be very freaking different. But things would still exist. Yeah. Nothing not, Nothing in itself, like I can't take this cup and the cup can't tell me I exist because of this very specific reason. So what if, what, how would you explain to someone, for example, when someone's drunk or something and their energy kind of shifts to a person that they don't like? And they accidentally hit them. But then they, they, they turn around to you and say, it was an accident. I didn't mean it. But obviously in your concept of theory, there was a cause, right? 
Yeah. As like the person that thought I had to go through there, <laughs> yeah. I dislike this person, or he said something, or yeah. he acted different for me to do that. Mm. So how would you explain that this with that concept? With that concept, mm-hmm. I'm a drunk guy punching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Cool. laughs> I, I would attribute the cause of him punching him mm-hmm. to be. But you know, the thing is, you, like you're trying to say that there was always a cause, right? But these people turn around the next day and be like, "Listen, yo, I was drunk." There was yeah. no cause. There was no thought in it. Uh, so wait, I actually Dennis, did it. Are you saying that nothing comes from nothing? So in that sense, nothing there would be nothing now. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But listen, but there is <laughs> something here. Yeah? No, I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing comes from nothing. Okay. So in that scenario, there mm. should be nothing now. Okay. But since there is something right now in the world and everything, there yeah. must be at least one necessary being, right. or one necessary creator or maker. Exactly. And you're saying that possibility. That creator is God. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Because it's hard to get this one confused with the causality one. The one mm-hmm. we have for how something causes another. Mm. This is almost a different version of that. In, we're look, if we look at an object, we're not trying to find out what caused it to happen. Yeah. We're trying to find out if it has a reason for its existence. If it in itself is a reason as to why it exists. Mm. Kind of thing. Because if I didn't exist right now, it would suck. But the universe would still exist. Move on. Still yeah. move on. Yeah. If, I don't know, all of Argentina ceased to exist. Yeah. Again, universe would still exist. Say, things yeah. would be different. That will, yes, things will change, obviously. But things would still exist. Mm-hmm. So when you go, start going mad, we start to find two kinds of beings. Yeah. Contingent beings uh-huh. and necessary, be- necessary beings. Necessary. Define, define it to me. Contingent beings. Yeah. Contingent beings... Can they have the possibility not to exist? They could exist, but they could also not exist, and things would still be different, but still exist, kind of thing. So there's an unsurety. Whether you surety, like, yeah, because there was a not, so it's, They're not necessary, but it's, exactly, it's like saying a want and a need. They're not exactly. a need, but they're a want. Yeah, cool. think about how humans come about. Yeah, millions of sperm, and only one of them fertilizes the egg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How easily could it have been that it was another sperm that fertilizes yeah. and another person comes out? Mm-hmm. Could kind be another dentist here. Exactly. That would suck too. But <laughs> <laughs> it still would be Dennis though. But exactly. We could not exist. Yeah. That's the thing. Because none of us can say I exist by myself. By myself. I build myself into yeah. existence. Yeah. That can't happen. So and then we go into necessary beings. A being that exists because in itself it is, it is existence. Its entire being. Yo, you gotta slow that down, man. Yeah, that's a say it one more time. Dramatic. Explain necessity being. Okay. Necessary being. That's confusing. A necessary and necessary being is someone that has always existed. Its very essence. As like you need them. You need them there. Otherwise, it won't work. If that person wasn't there, nothing would exist. It's like the first cog in an engine. Kind of, yeah. The one that gets it started. That goes back to causality. We need to think about it as like they have to be that basic unit yeah. that connects everything. Exactly, existence itself. The one that has always been there. I am. You know that sentence in the Bible. I, I am. Down from the Omega. Yeah. yeah, he is. I am. He is. Exists. Yeah. It's very hard to imagine it in our heads because we are contingent beings. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to exist. Yeah. So it's hard to get into the mind of something that had to exist. Can, so yeah, his very sense, yeah, yeah his very essence is existence. Therefore, he can create. If he is existent and he exudes 
you know, he, if he wasn't above, simply put, if he wasn't nothing, there, yeah. nothing will be in this earth. Exactly. He's saying if there was nothing initially, if someone had to create God, yeah. say say someone had to create God, okay, who created that person? It's that like you can't make a tea without water. Yeah, it's like that. You need it's like water. God is always there. Yeah, God is always, always there. there. If God didn't exist, nothing yeah. would exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the third one. Fourth, fourth <laughs> is, like I said, surface level. Is there, there more? There have been entire PhDs. one more of these laws. <laughs> two, more. <laughs> two more. Two more of these yeah. laws. <laughs> two, yeah. There have been entire PhDs that have been done on just one, one of, of these those. laws. Yeah. So please don't expect like, oh, I know what the five laws are. <laughs> we know surface level kind of thing. But I don't, the truth is I don't even know the five laws. <laughs> I'm recessing them right now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're only learning about it now. So okay. Let's All go right. on to the fourth way. Argument, argument from gradation of being. That one took a while for me to kind of get my head around. It's, it's essentially about comparison. If I said something was about the size of a laptop, yeah, I'm, I'm on a walk. I'm walking and I see an animal that's about the size of a laptop. Yeah. If that animal was a dog, you would say that was a very small dog. That's awkward, yeah. You would yeah. say that's quite yeah. a cat. Yeah, you would say it's a... Sausage dog. A sausage dog. But if that... <laughs> was a cat, if, you would say... If what? No. We are off the point. <laughs> Forget it. If I see something that's around this big, about a foot big, an animal, not mm. if that quite small. Yeah, that small. Yeah. If, if it's an audio, I'm sorry. But if it's about that small, if it's a dog, that's a small dog. But if it's an elephant... That's That'd a, be very. That's uh, a very strange yeah. thing. But how do we know that? We know it by being able to compare com, by comparison. Yeah. We know the relative size of a dog, and we know the relative size of an elephant. An elephant, yeah. Therefore, we know that something this big, and we can compare it to the size of the elephant and the size of the dog. Mm-hmm. That's with like quantitative stuff, measurements and stuff. One of our grades, we know that a six is better than a one, mm-hmm. because a six is higher above, and you can't go above a six, and you can't go below a one. Yeah. And again, we know this by comparison. Because mm. higher than a one. Cool. Kind of thing. Mm. Now, where did this come from? This degree of perfection. This degree of perfection. How did we, what do we compare everything to? Kind of thing. God's perfect. creation, isn't it? I think people compare God's perfect. creation, right? So the someone's most... made more perfect than the other. So obviously in society, we say someone looks, you know, different to that person. But... Or someone is like, I don't know, you can possibly say that one person is more beautiful than the other. But see, That's our human eye. Yeah. yeah, see, we can but say But did that. God ever try to make see, like we are grade cre- six worth of someone mm-hmm. and a grade one worth of someone? Yeah, but the thing is, did we're he? all grade sixes in the sense that because we are created in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. So we are all created in what he grade wanted. Of, yeah, it's what other people... So everyone out there is a grade six. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Everyone out there is a grade six. There you go. <laughs> So you're saying that if there was some way of being perfect in every way, mm. something must be the most truest, noblest, and best. And that most perfect being yeah. is, is God. Yeah. Something yeah. against which everything can be compared. Cool. Can but can you compare man to God? Yeah, we can't compare man to God. How can you compare man to God? We don't compare man to God. It's just if we... What is God? God made us in... His, his human, human form. Yeah. He human says God made us in his human form. And trying to, because our idea of perfection is a very human idea of perfection. If we try and think in human terms to someone and could try and compare it to someone who transcends time and space, mm. someone who does not think the way that we think, well, isn't that foolish kind of thing? 
Hmm. Makes sense. No, I get you. So you're saying, essentially, because there has to be that one person that we can see as an example from the beginning, yeah. and that most perfect being is God. Well, you yeah, have to think about him because no one's seen him, right? Yeah. That's the <sighs> But see, he did come down like in the human form, yeah, as Jesus. Jesus. Not even as Jesus. In Genesis, but yo, somewhere in the down. Bible, it says that. Um, they describe his structure, doesn't they? In the what? Bible somewhere, I think so, yeah. Not I God, but Je- Jesus. I know in Genesis it's referred to as God came down to Hold see... Hold on, let me, let me pull this up. No, no, on there is some I feel like there is. No, because I remember in Genesis, I think, yeah. um, after Adam and Eve mm. done their sin or whatever, that he came down yeah. for an evening walk or so. I think, yeah. let me just, I think that's no, how no, it's that's true, right? that's Evening true. walk or something. That's correct. So that means... In book God. of Revelation, it says John's vision as son of a man, the, the hair on his head was like wool, as white as snow, as his eyes were like blazing fire, his his uh, feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. So you can see. So is that the son of man? It's trying to say appearance of Jesus. Yeah. Obviously, you can hear itself. You see Jesus nowhere. Does, does it, have you ever seen a human that's like... But God is three in one, isn't he? He's three perfect people in one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're getting the topic. Cool. But, but that's all right. It's... And that perfect, the Trinity is that perfect person, you're saying? Yes. Like I said, this is a very complex topic. Something that almost integrates every aspect of the Bible mm-hmm. into it. And, Sorry. And like, <laughs> something that integrates almost every aspect of the Bible. And if you ask me what all those ties are, I can't say much. Okay. okay. No, it makes sense. No, what you're saying it yeah. makes sense. The question I think was because it, uh, in the theory, it's the most perfect being. Mm. So that means God must be human at the same time, as He is God. So He's Alpha and Omega, but at the same time, He must be human. I mean, He has a human nature. Ooh, I don't know. About I think you. that's the question, isn't it? That's the question we're trying to God get. God can't be. I don't think he but can then be human. The thing is he, Comparing him to human being, that's a, like a, no, but almost he, as if... Like, I think he is because Jesus went up in his human form to heaven. When he resurrected after three days, he was just taken up to heaven. He just floated into the sky. Are you trying to say God is human? No, I'm saying... <laughs> don't say I'm that. saying he is God, yeah. is pure God and pure man at the same time. Okay. God is because it says I'm guessing he's too Lord. powerful the way I have it in my head is I think he's way too powerful where you know we can't even think about him like that I think we should just leave it at a point where yeah. he's something that our brains are not capable of imagining a mystery we, but he exists he exists exactly because that's all that Thomas Aquinas is trying to do he wasn't trying to quantify God yeah. he wasn't trying to say God is made up of this this and this, this. Yeah. because he wasn't that stupid <laughs> Thomas Aquinas was trying in as he could, just to try to find reasons of God's existence. And he was trying to find it in our world. He was trying to see the things that he saw, and he was trying to explain them. Yeah, simply put, yeah. yeah. Okay, the fourth one actually made sense now. Okay. In the sense that there has to be that example we need to follow. That first example, the most perfect being is God. Yeah, and everything that is compared against. Good, bad, evil. Not just that. Hot, cold, entropy. Physics, chemistry, chemistry, gravity, light, everything, everything, every quantifiable feature in this universe 
where does it all stem from? Where do we all start that measurement from one at point A to point B? Where did all that come from? God. Okay, I think we should just leave the fourth one there for now because yeah, otherwise we're just going to confuse ourselves even more. Yeah. So the fifth one is the proof of design. Yes, teleological arguments. This okay. one's a bit more easy to understand. Okay. I think the best example for this is, say you're walking in a forest and you find a watch. What would be your natural assumption? Would you assume that the watch just appeared out of thin air? Someone probably got someone killed there. <laughs> That's what I would think first thing. Someone <laughs> left it there, let's say. Yeah. You say, uh, okay, fine, this is a mouse we're putting in a modern era. Stone Age, you're in the Stone Age. I'd be surprised watch. to find a watch in a Stone Age. That's <laughs> you wouldn't know what it was. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, know what it was. You would have no clue what it was. So yeah. would you assume that it just appeared out of thin air or... Would you assume that something had made it? I would assume something that someone had created it. it. Someone yeah, very someone. unique and probably that clever. But exactly. the thing is, that if do I know? Do I understand that it's time? Mm. Or, you don't do need I to know? know that it's time. You don't need to know what it measures. But would you say that it was created? Or I would say it was created, yeah. Exactly. I would because say it was of its created. complexity. Yeah. Because of all those gears and... Mm -hmm. The sound that. and everything that... So yeah. you're saying, because something has a design, mm. including us as yeah. humans... There's a master creator who assigned everything together. Exactly. Because something can't, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Is God. Because look at the complexity of the human being. How many different systems work together, I won't say in perfect harmony, but works together to create life. How many systems do we actually have? We have a lot of systems. Do you know what we No, we don't want to kill you. Okay, ask it, ask it. systems. And uh, yeah, we, we know it. Just uh, making sure. Yeah, we know it. But we do know it. We know Just the cardio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, argument from design. Now, there are a lot of... This is one of the most... Because a lot of people don't like... The fifth one. No, Thomas Aquinas. Oh, one. okay. They don't like it in general. Mm -hmm. But they like I can the understand why. Yeah, but they like the last one. Mm -hmm. Because it makes... It's simple to understand. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If it's complex, that means it must be designed. And if something has to be designed, it okay. needs to be a designer. No. The thing with this okay. one that makes it kind of interesting, and I'm afraid of uh, kind of broaching this product topic, is that people say that because everything must have been created for a certain purpose. Yeah. Who created? No, no, no. That means that why would evolution? That means that evolution doesn't exist. Because if it was all created, then why would things need to evolve? But the thing is, yeah. that first cell or that first atom, whatever. Mm. Yeah. For that to be formed, someone had to design it. No, he's yeah. trying to say that why does survival of the fittest have to be in the picture? Everyone should be able to. If you, if we had a monkey's ears, it sh we shouldn't evolve and make it small. It should have been big. Why does that have to get you know go from the earth? That's what he's trying to say. Because I personally, I believe in evolution, and I think there's pers a lot of evidence to support it, and Charles that's why. Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin and modern supporters of the theological argument have modified this in a certain way, saying that God must have put the ideal environment and ideal ingredients for evolution to occur. So and he actually did want evolution to occur. Yes, he wanted evolution to occur. But I always thought evolution was, you know, I never believed in evolution. That's another thing. Mm. I always thought that people, as like he put a certain for example, a monkey's environment was the safari park. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Okay. A lion was meant to be there. Right. So, but when people got clever and they started building cities and stuff, 
you know, they kind of like change their way that they behave. They change the way that their skin, everything changes automatically. They forced evolution upon themselves. I don't think God actually wanted it. This is my personal view. That's an interesting. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I get what you're trying to say. I haven't heard that. It's like we forced ourselves into evolution because we made our environments different to what God had made it for us. The thing is, if there wasn't any evolution as... This argument kind as, of yeah um would that mean like i don't know how to put this into words it's well, like would it be like okay god made us and we were meant to just stay ourselves yeah that's what i think because if when you think about the human nature god made different races in the world god made different countries in the world um and we were meant to be in that area right think about uh, adam and eve he made the Garden of Eden for them, right? Mm-hmm. It's only when they bit into the forbidden fruit they were that like, they got chucked out. <laughs> so if they didn't... They would still be in there. That means we would be in the Garden of Eden, right? I don't now. know about us, but... <laughs> I mean, no, no, since, since that. I mean, evolution over time. Yeah, yeah I get you. Yeah, yeah. So it's forced upon human itself. I don't think God ha- wanted us to, like, you know, make it out into New York City, skyscrapers and all of that. Stuff. No, but then... Because then our purpose in life was he built us in his form, and he wanted us to worship him, right? Mm-hmm. But the only thing he did was give us a brain. But we kind of, through See, time... It's, it's not even through time. It's even from the beginning of time. Man always had that thirst evil. for knowledge. Yeah. Like, hence the tree of knowledge. They were mm-hmm. told not to eat from it. Yeah. And you can eat from the tree of life because you will live forever. But it's when they got that curiosity and tempted by Satan. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know what? I think knowledge over life. Maybe taste it, see how. And then he was tempted by saying that you will become like God. Mm. Do you hear me? Kind that thirst for knowledge, humans always have it. So the question I'm going to direct that into is how science and faith can kind of work together. Hmm. So we finished on the fifth point then. Basically, you, there was someone creating. Yeah. The intelligent design. Yeah, there was for a designer. Design. For a designer, there must be a designer. Yeah. Cool. So, we've talked about all that, and we're just just we just said that we don't think. So you think we're not meant to evolutionize? But yeah, that's, I, that's yeah. All stretching that out the point that yeah. essentially theological argument states that since our beings have a function, since we function, and since we are complex beings with a certain goal in mind. Therefore, they must have been a creator. Just as mm-hmm. if you find a watch on the ground, you would assume there's a watchmaker. Yeah. If yeah. there's a world, there's a world maker. There's a universe. There's a the universe, universe maker. Yeah. Okay. Therefore, God. Okay, so then the question, again, same question. How do science and faith complement each other? Or how yeah, do they yeah. work? To, do they complement each other? Well, hopefully in the last 31 minutes, you should have known that they complement each other according to St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm. Exactly. So, like, one thing about that is um, science seeks to understand how creation works. Yeah. Science is looking for the reason. But the thing is, religion provides an answer or an experience to how the creator works. Hence, God. I think the problem with religion was religion never had science inside it. Mm. Oh, yeah, Galileo, Copernicus, all None that. of that was yeah, yeah. there. Religion was simply put, was you had a master that created you. And he had a vision for you. Yeah. And you as human beings was created and then you kinda of do what you want. Well when science came in it brang off the whole chemistry, all of that extra extra stuff. Yeah. 
when you had that, then you started looking for reasons. Mm. So then it completely went against the teachings of the church. But now, the, as in now, as in back then, 16th, 15th century, they were very like keen on not. Like we always kept saying the earth because the presence of God was there. It was the center of the universe mm. until Copernicus in the 15th century, 16th century um, saw the sun and he was mm. like, the sun. The sun. And we he <laughs> saw the sun in the 16th yeah, century. As in he saw as in when he was studying and he was like, you know what? We might not be the center of the universe. And then when Galileo proved it, mm-hmm. yeah, the church was all against. I it. think it's a big thing. Is that's a big topic to talk about because obviously, there are loads of people that think science mm. is the correct answer. And on but the see, other hand, I you have a lot of people that think Christianity science without is... religion, religion without science, neither works. Yeah, because one seeks to answer the questions. It's like having. Creation. Can you do good without evil? No. No. Can you so have light without dark? Can there be science without religion? No. No. So but that's thought. like. Mm, it's of. like saying without light, there's no darkness. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense. Let's just put it there. For religion to, for science to exist, there had to be religion, because religion is a thing that keeps on making science what it is. Because you're trying to prove it wrong. You're trying to prove religion wrong. Hence why you're doing the science after and after and again. So you're saying that science and religion do complement each other. What I'm trying to say is, the, just like Dennis's first law or Thomas Aquinas' first law, <laughs> science is initial in, initiative. For science to even exist, there was God. Who's causing all this to exist? I think I just, that's a good place to end it, maybe. Yeah, I just... There was, actually, there's one, one Flipped it on his head, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think. Sometimes... Science tries to fo- science says that oh where's your proof of God? Kind mm-hmm. of thing. And trying to find proof of God. Imagine one day we turn around saying, "All right, listen, all this religion thing was nonsense. There's no religion. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? Science is going to stop proving it, isn't it? Yeah. That's the so end would of science. science. Yeah, you're saying so. Would science all this go further on? It wouldn't go further on. Yeah, because everything you're... was started by religion. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm trying to say. It's simply it put. Sense, yeah, it makes sense. It actually makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes but it not... sounds as stupid as it is, but. Just think about it. But see, he's not saying that. He's not saying. He's not saying that religion is more important. Than I'm not saying one is more important than the he's other. But I'm saying for both for of them both to exist. Yeah, one has to exist for the other one to exist yeah. too. They complement each other. Yeah, they complement each sustain. other. Sustain. Yang. Yeah. Even if they sometimes hate each other, they sustain. They each sustain. Other. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like a unhealthy I think, marriage. I think yeah. that's a good place to end it. Actually, yeah. unhealthy marriage. Fair enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. So on that bombshell. <laughs> there we go. Well, I think we'll end today's episode. Thank you, Mefin, for coming on. I don't know what out. impact I had, but yeah. <laughs> thank you for like spending some time. Yo, thank you to the people that's listening yes. to putting up for me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, so another quick announcement: Father Soji mm. is going to be coming on the second and third of May to Varna. To Varna. Yeah. Mad. So he he's going to come. So he's right now he's in like a three four month retreat, like right, right. preparing himself. And the first mission he's going to be doing is Bulgaria. So mm. that's going to be powerful. So you do not want to miss out 2nd and 3rd of February in Varna. So 2nd and 3rd of February. Sorry, May. My, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 2nd <laughs> and 3rd no, of May. Yeah, we've missed out. <laughs> we've missed it a lot. 2nd and 3rd of May. Sorry. Okay. So, yeah. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it from us, I guess. Yeah, we'll finish off with the phone. Okay. Dear Lord, we thank you for the thoughts that you put into Thomas Aquinas. His proofs though quite hard to understand. Lord, we thank you for the small insights that were hopefully given today. We thank you for any insight you have given to the people listening at home. 
And we hope that this, and we pray that this incites, sparks an interest to research more into this, to try and understand you and to try and understand our faith better. And for this, we offer up a Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and the hour of our death. Amen. 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 So, see you guys soon, and peace!